Welcome to Her Natural Potential Podcast. This is the place where we help driven women get healthier, wealthier, and stronger. I'm your host, Nikki Quark, a registered holistic nutritionist and transformation coach, and I'm going to show you how to level up your nutrition, health, and mindset so you can start living life at your full potential. So today we're going to be talking about gut health. This is probably, as a registered holistic nutritionist, this is one of the questions that I often get asked because unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people really struggle with their gut health. They struggle with bloating. They struggle with IBS. They struggle with just like different food sensitivities or intolerances. And we're going to be talking specifically about the fact that our gut health has a huge impact on how we feel right? No surprise there. Our gut health has a huge impact on our mood. And unfortunately, a lot of times people do not realize that their digestive issues can actually be contributing to lack of motivation, depression, anxiety, mood swings, irritability, right? All of these different things. A lot of times people struggle with mental health and there's a huge correlation between our gut health and our mental health. And so, and again, too, like, right, like no matter where we are, no matter what our goals are, our gut health should always be a key focus because it is literally the foundation for our health. And as I mentioned, like, unfortunately, a lot of the times people are struggling with their mental health, struggling with anxiety, with depression, with lack of motivation. And they don't realize a huge correlation between what they're eating and how they're supporting their gut and how they're feeling. And it can make the road to either creating changes or working towards goals a lot more challenging. But like when we actually focus on supporting the body as best as possible, nourishing the body and the gut as best as possible, then we can notice significant, significant improvements with how we physically and mentally feel. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So how many of you struggle with lack of motivation? (laughs) A lot of times, right? Like, especially if we have fitness goals or health goals, it's the motivation part is what a lot of people struggle with. And people don't realize, right? If our gut is imbalanced, if we're dealing with chronic bloating, if we're dealing with poor absorption of nutrients, right? If we're dealing with leaky gut, I made a post about this earlier today, this morning, all about gut health and different things that can contribute to leaky gut. But if we're dealing with that stuff, it can really affect our motivation. And so a lot of the times people will be working towards health or fitness goals, especially fitness goals, right? Where they're like, okay, I know I need to work out. I know I need to move my body. I know I need to exercise, but they're exhausted. They aren't, they feel tired. They feel sore, right? This is really going to affect your motivation to do that next workout. And Oftentimes, if we are dealing with poor gut health, if we're dealing with chronic inflammation, right? If we're dealing with damage to that intestinal lining, right? And that's affecting our absorption of nutrients, then we're going to notice we are feel fatigued often. We have low energy. So it's going to be a lot harder to get up and get going to kind of have that motivation, find that drive in order to do a workout. We're also going to notice right? We do a workout and we're really, really sore after. We feel sore. We feel kind of inflamed, right? And this can actually be really contributed to our poor gut health from our poor gut health. And so our recovery sucks. 
and very sore for multiple days after, right? Like, and you should be, depending on the workout, right? Especially if you're resistance training, you should be a little bit sore. If you had a good workout, it can happen. That's not a bad thing. However, if you're like out of commission for a week and you feel exhausted the next day and you can't really function or do anything, then sometimes it's poor recovery. That's the issue. And actually too much inflammation, your body's actually having a really hard time recovering properly. And so pay attention to these things. So again, poor gut health can contribute to inflammation and poor absorption of nutrients. And that can really affect our energy, our recovery, and our motivation to really stay consistent with a solid workout plan. That's going to get us the results that we want. Now, another key area that can be really impacted by our gut health is our happiness. Depression, there's huge correlations between depression with poor gut health, imbalances of their gut microbiome, right? Chronic inflammation. So this kind of works in a two-part ways because we can really look at like specifically like are you our neurotransmitter serotonin. So serotonin is produced in our gut. 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. And this is a neurotransmitter that literally signals, it's like a happy happiness hormone in a sense. And so again, if our gut is imbalanced, if we're dealing with poor gut health issues, this can impact our serotonin levels. And what do you think happens? We're not as happy. <laughs> We don't, we are more depressed. And so specifically on kind of that biochemical level, right? We could be in like poor gut health can impact our serotonin and therefore can impact our happiness. Another thing though, right? Especially if you're a woman, or I guess this works for men too, but if you are working towards a fitness goal, if you're like, Matt, I really want to tighten up my midsection. I really want to lose some weight. I really want to improve my body composition and decrease body fat. If you're working towards that and you're bloated and your gut's inflamed and your stomach is distended, you're not going to be very comfortable. It's also going to be a bit frustrating too. You're working so hard. You're doing all the workouts. You're doing all the cardio and the core exercises, but your stomach feels extremely inflamed and bloated. And so again, our gut health can really impact our our happiness and our motivation simply due to discomfort constantly. And it's crazy too, because one of the first things that I focus on when I'm working with my clients, right, is to get the body in balance. How do we improve gut health? How do we improve digestion? How do we improve, like reduce inflammation? This is kind of step one, usually like week one, right? If somebody is eating a very poor quality diet or they're just eating the wrong foods for their body, then this is where that first week, even on a new meal plan, they can see dramatic changes, especially in their core and their midsection, simply due to a reduction in bloating and a reduction in inflammation. And sometimes like I've had clients, right? You improve your gut health, right? You're less inflamed. So you're holding on to less water. You're also less bloated. So your core tightens up. And then also your gut's less inflamed. You have better bowel movements and you're not as constipated. I've had clients that have dropped 10 pounds in one week due to this. And so a lot of the times we can get very frustrated with ourselves and with our body when it's not even like body fat that we're holding on to. It's inflammation it's bloating and it's constipation. 
And you'd be surprised how many people struggle with this. And they, they see those dramatic results in even that very first week of a more balanced, nourishing, easier to digest supportive plan. Now, another thing too that I'm going to say as well is that this is also, so this is also why certain diets or detoxes work really well. And people, they do like a juice cleanse, for example, right? Or they do a fast and they notice this massive drop in their weight. And guys, it's not body fat that you're decreasing. Yet we think it is. Oftentimes it's simply, you're having better bowel movements. You're (laughs) reducing your water weight and you're less inflamed, right? And you're probably less bloated. And so you look better, your core is tightened up and you weigh significantly less due to that. And so again, a lot of people think like, oh, it's the juice fast. It says it's like, actually you can achieve that through balanced, nutrient dense, supportive diet. That isn't this massive extreme kind of detox kind of plan. And when we do, right, that's where we notice we actually maintain it. Unfortunately, with a lot of these kind of like cleanses and detoxes and stuff, this is exactly where people feel really good while they do it, right? Because of all those reasons I mentioned, but then afterwards they start eating again and then the problems come back and then they gain that weight back. And so we have to remember and acknowledge like it's not body fat. You're not losing 10 pounds of body fat in a few days. It's going to be other things. So there's many, many things that really play into, into the number on the scale. Yet a lot of people think it's like, okay, my weight, which means fat, false, very false. So aside from our poor gut health, like impacting our happiness, right? Due to specifically kind of those neurotransmitters, that happiness hormone, but also just simply comfortability, we can also be impacting our mood due to hormonal imbalances. So we can often notice some of the most common symptoms for kind of poor gut health is going to come down to like, if we're dealing with a chronic poor gut health, we can be dealing with irritability, right? We can be dealing with mood swings even. And sometimes this can be related to an overburdened liver, high toxic load, and then also hormonal imbalances, specifically hormonal imbalances. And oftentimes when we are dealing, especially with estrogen dominance, I find estrogen dominance and PCOS right? Some common hormonal imbalances, even thyroid issues, right? There are certain times where thyroid issues can actually be linked back to poor gut health. And so we can look at these hormonal imbalances and it's like, yeah, we're dealing with hormonal imbalances, but the root cause can actually be poor gut health. And so again, if we don't address our gut, if we kind of disregard this and we're like, ah, it's not a big deal or whatever, it can actually turn into something down the line a bit more into kind of now now we're contributing to these hormonal imbalances. And so not only can chronic inflammation and poor gut health, right, be a stressor on the body, but our estrogens, for example, so again, PCOS and estrogen dominance are both kind of like high estrogen or high estrogen in relation to progesterone. I'm not trying to get too kind of terminology with you guys, but high estrogen can actually be related to poor estrogen detox. And so we have to remember our gut, right? Is like our elimination. If we're dealing with constipation, like chronic constipation, that's impacting our body's ability to eliminate toxins. It's also impacting our body's uh, like ability to detox excess estrogens. 
And all these hormones, excess hormones and metabolites that are supposed to be eliminated from the body are actually can be in these other toxins can be reabsorbed and contribute to these hormonal imbalances. So our mood, hormonal imbalances can really, really impact our mood. And again, this can be related to the root cause of poor gut health. And so if we're dealing with estrogen dominance, I'm going to, this is probably the one of the most common ones, especially for the clients that I work with and the women that I work with. If we're dealing with estrogen dominance, this can impact and contribute to mood swings, right? Very common symptom, mood swings, high toxic load, overburdened liver, right? One of the most common symptoms, irritability. A lot of people are very irritable (laughs) these days and it's all, it's often or can be linked to a really high toxic load and your body's poor ability to detox and eliminate. Now, aside from hormonal imbalances and besides from irritability and mood swings, right? Like there have been huge, huge correlations between anxiety and depression and our gut microbiome. Our gut microbiome is so crucial for our overall health and something that a lot of people don't even know about, unless you're in the health and fitness space. Like if you're in the health space, typically people like are familiar with it, but unfortunately, like the average person has no idea what the gut microbiome is, right? They're maybe they're like, Oh, I need to support my gut. So I'm going to take a probiotic. And that's all they're told. You know why? Because antibiotics kill off even the good bacteria. And unfortunately too, so this is kind of one of those things where it's like, if you work with a naturopath, for example, like they'll always tell you to also use a probiotic if you're doing any sort of antibiotics, but most people, right. They're prescribed antibiotics for almost anything, (laughs) any little thing. And they're not told to also include a probiotic to help rebalance the gut. And so again, this can really, really create these massive imbalances with our gut microbiome. And we can notice all of these digestive issues afterwards. And we can notice all of these adjustments with our mood. And so like Marie's saying on Facebook is like, she noticed a huge increase in anxiety. Totally. Gut microbiome is really, really like, there's huge, huge correlations with that. Mental health and gut health, there's huge correlations. There's tons of research, tons of studies. And unfortunately, unless you're really in the health and wellness space, a lot of people don't know about these things. Hence why I'm doing this live stream. (laughs) Hence why we're having this conversation right now. Because it it blows my mind, right? Like that a lot of the stuff that has massive, massive impacts on mood and mental health aren't even common knowledge for a lot of people. And mental health is one of the things that so many of us are struggling with. And so many people struggle with anxiety and depression and just lack of joy, lack of motivation. And it can like be massively supported with supporting how we nourish our body, supporting our gut microbiome, and just supporting our overall gut health. And so again, on the topic of antibiotics, right? If you are ever taking antibiotics, we have to acknowledge the fact like it isn't just like antibiotics is like anti, there's probiotics, right? Probiotics, right? They're going to increase like the bacteria and stuff, right? Whereas antibiotics are killing the bacteria. And so this is where we can also, sure, we can kill a bacterial infection, right? But we can also be killing off a lot of our good bacteria. 
And so again, if we do that, decrease that, this is where we can find those imbalances, create those imbalances afterwards. And so again, if you're ever doing antibiotics, like once you're done or even during, right? Like you can totally do it during, obviously don't do it at the same time. So do like antibiotics in the morning, then a probiotic in the evening, right? Space them out. But you can also just really ensure like doing like a post post antibiotic protocol to reset the gut and rebalance the gut. And a lot of people do not do this, unfortunately. And so again, this is where we can do, of course, antibiotics, even if it could be something very minimal. And then we run into all of these gut health issues afterwards. And it can be very frustrating, very frustrating because you're like, man, I thought I was like going to get over not feeling good. And now I'm not feeling good in so many different reasons. And again, this is where a lot of people will notice specifically. It's a little side tangent (laughs) because that's what I do best. People will notice, right? They'll do a course of antibiotics. And now afterwards, they're noticing a lot of bloating. They're noticing a lot of discomfort, right? And they also, so again, we have to remember, like they might have trouble digesting certain foods, especially like high fiber foods or like plant-based proteins, right? Because our body requires our gut microbiome to help with the breakdown of certain foods. Our gut microbiome, there's certain bacteria as well that really help with the production of certain nutrients as well. So this is where we can really run into some issues, especially if you are somebody who gets sick a lot, our immune system as well. A lot of our immune system is in our gut. So sometimes too, like we may notice we start getting sick a lot and then we keep getting sick and then just this kind of like downhill spiral (laughs) and it can get frustrating and the root cause comes back to the gut. So really pay attention to things. Now, another thing I wanted to mention before I wrap up here is another really common symptom of food sensitivities and intolerances is actually anxiety too. There's a huge difference between food allergies and food sensitivities or intolerances. It is still an immune response, however, and therefore to you, right? Like you may have noticed that you kind of have a bit of symptoms around food sensitivities and intolerances, but you don't necessarily like break out in hives or go into anaphylaxis. And so it's like, again, a lot of people don't realize how certain foods can be a constant stressor on their body if they are kind of food sensitivities or intolerances. Now, that being said, right? Anxiety, even depression, even mood swings and irritability are very common symptoms to food sensitivities and intolerances. And so people will be having those feeds, foods on a regular basis, and then they'll get me getting these symptoms and they don't realize the correlation. So again, this is why we're having this conversation to let you know about this correlation. And it's crazy too, like food sensitivities and intolerances. So of course, allergies, like food allergies, right? You typically break out in hives, get a skin rash or something, you may notice like puffy eyes, for example, maybe some inflammation, anaphylaxis is more very severe. But with food sensitivities and intolerances, there is such a wide variety of different symptoms. They're kind of like low grade symptoms in a sense too. They can, right? They can become serious if you unaddress and you don't do anything about it. But that being said, a lot of people are kind of dealing with these kind of like low grade symptoms due to food sensitivities and intolerances, and they don't know the correlation. And so certain things, as we mentioned, like anxiety and depression, right? Certain skin issues, 
even eczema, for example, or rosacea and stuff too, or psoriasis can be related to food sensitivities and intolerances. We may notice, of course, bloating, digestive issues, right? Irritable bowels, sometimes even like insomnia, right? If you have trouble sleeping, sometimes it can actually be linked back to food sensitivities and intolerances too. So there are many things that like, if we aren't paying attention to these things, right? And we're not aware of these things. Again, why we're having this conversation right now, I want to bring awareness to these things. So you can ask yourself and be like, oh, okay, maybe is this something I'm struggling with? Do I have some of these symptoms? Am I eating certain foods that may not necessarily be supportive? And so really pay attention to these things. And as I always say, as I always say, listen to your body. Signs and symptoms are feedback from your body telling you where I may need some support. Yet a lot of people do not pay attention and they brush it under the rug and they don't ignore it and they don't even think about it and they don't think it's a big deal. And then it gets to a point, right, where it becomes a big deal and the body will always win. And that's the thing, right? Like a lot of people think that like certain things, it's just like, okay, whatever. Like I'm not going to pay attention, but like the body will always win. Its sole job is to make sure that you survive. <laughs> and so if something is really impacting, impacting that and affecting your ability to survive and thrive, it'll let you know. So pay attention to these things. As I said, your body is always giving you signals and feedback. And you can learn a lot from simply just paying attention. And a lot of the times, certain kind of struggles that people are having can be supported and improved if we know how to really kind of pick up on that feedback and be like, okay, what is the body trying to tell us here? What can I do to support it? And then working with your body, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people really kind of think their body is this kind of like, it's this constant battle with their body. And it's like, dude, when you start working with your body and you start listening to it and realize it is on your team, and it'll always win. So fighting it is going to be a losing battle. But like when you realize that life gets so much better, and especially with our gut health, when you actually listen to the feedback your body's giving you and you pay attention and you ask yourself, okay, what is creating stress on my gut? Where does my gut need support? And what can I do to help it and support it and optimize it? Life gets better. You have better energy, you have more motivation, you address hormonal imbalances, you're less irritable, you don't have so many mood swings, right? You're not dealing with constant anxiety and depression, and you're a lot more comfortable. So all of these things, these very, very common struggles that a lot of people deal with on a regular basis can be significantly supported through listening to our body, supporting our gut, and optimizing our nutrition. Bye guys. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. One thing that really helps the podcast and other women who have yet to join us is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Please share with anybody you think might enjoy it. And also make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Nikki Park. Until next time.